you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. As the new year slowly approaches us, it got me thinking about time. In a few weeks, we'll all be hearing all things regarding the new year, whether it be on TV, on the radio, in passing conversations. You know, where are you celebrating the New Year's? What are your New Year's resolutions? Do you have any trips coming up for the New Year? And so on. And some of us are going to celebrate it with family, with our 12 grapes and our suitcases out, or whatever traditions you might partake in. Perhaps watching and waiting to count down for the New York ball to drop to tell us it's a new year. We'll say goodbye to the old one and hello to the new one. And we'll be able to tune in to see how different parts of the world are celebrating the new year. But from the perspective of the United States, where I'm from, for example, when we tune in to see how France is celebrating it or how the UK is celebrating it, or how Norway is celebrating it, well, won't be too late. Because according to the clock, they're ahead of us in time. So, can we go into the future? And or, can we go into the past? If I pick up my phone and call someone in New Zealand, am I calling into the future? Or is time simply an illusion? A man-made construct designed to keep us all in the matrix. The Maya, right? The Sanskrit word for illusion. You know, candidly speaking with you guys, when I first started doing research on this topic of time, I knew there were going to be some rabbit holes that I was going to have to dive into. No pun intended if you're thinking about the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. I suppose I just didn't realize how profound all of these different approaches were. (laughs) Shame on me. I should have known better. You've got the mythological approach to it, with the Greek god Kronos, or the Roman god Saturn, who was also known as Father Time. And speaking of mythology, brings to mind Kali, the Hindu goddess of power, destruction, and time. And hearing the word Kali can then trigger you to think of the Kali Yuga, which in Hinduism is one of the four, well, actually is the fourth, and is said to be the present 
age of the world and deals with conflict, sin, and destruction. You've got the scientific approach to it and Einstein's theory of general relativity. And then you've got your esoteric approach to it, which talks about natural law. And each one of these approaches offers us different branches that you can veer off, explore, and easily get lost in. And I can tell you, having come back from all of that, my head is still spinning. So, back to our main question. Is time an illusion? Well, the short answer is yes and no. You see, time itself is not an illusion. The idea and or concept that man constructed about time is an illusion. I'm just getting started, so stay with me. In the natural world, there is rhythm and there is motion. The ebb and flow, right? You've got high tides, you've got low tides, you've got nighttime, you've got daytime, you've got spring, you've got fall, summer, winter. There are newborn babies, and you've also got the elderly. Life and death. On and on and on in perpetuity. Time is just a way of measuring rhythm and motion by comparing it to a constant. So if you watch the sun rise watch it go directly above your head, then watch it set, and watch it rise again, you'll notice you have just witnessed a complete cycle, and you can count that as one day. If you watch it for another cycle, then that marks two days, and so on. And that is how we measure time, by comparing motion to a constant rhythm. And that has been extremely helpful in the functioning as a society, but has also made us completely dependent on it and has warped and or altered our views on time. We have become dependent on it in the sense that We need a clock to tell us what time to wake up and to tell us what time we should be going to bed. In my opinion, how cool would it be to not have to worry about the clock and go with the flow of waking up when the sun rises and getting ready to go to bed after the sun sets? Because in this 3D reality that we're currently living in, some of us have to wake up way before the sun rises, and others have to go to bed way after the sun sets, and our circadian rhythm is completely imbalanced 
but many of us don't notice because we're too distracted with the external things happening around us. And of course, that can lead to dis-ease, it can lead to insomnia, drastic weight changes, mental health problems, emotional disturbances, right? So like anxiety, depression, you get the point. So we've become too dependent on time, is what I'm saying. But also, it has altered our views on time. You see, many of us think about time in a linear sense, where we have the past, the present, and the future. And that is the illusion of time. We have been conditioned to believe that what is happening now is simply a result of what happened in the past. When in reality, the present is the only time. The past and the future don't exist. That's all part of the illusion. And that comes from looking at different sections and or parts of one continuous happening. I've been listening to a lot of Alan Watts for this episode. And he has one example that he uses. Having to do with the imagery of a snake. And more or less it goes something like this. But he says, try envisioning a fence. And on this fence, there is a hole. Through the hole comes out a snake. First you see its head, then its body, and then its tail. Then the snake goes around and comes out through the hole again, first seeing the head, next the body, and lastly the tail. And if we divide that into sections and or events, then you might come to the conclusion that the event head was the cause for the event tail. And the tail is the effect. But if you stand back, you'll see that the snake is a hole. And so to say that the head of the snake is the cause of the tail, then that just seems silly because it's all one. The snake didn't come into being first head and because of the head, then tail. The snake came into being as a whole snake. Are you guys still with me? <laughs> I mean, that's one way to look at it. He also gave the example that just as sound comes out of silence, and just as the present world that you're currently seeing, so light, are simply vibrations coming out of space, that all of life suddenly emerged out of space. So, you see, always, any event in the past that came into being, came into being in the now. And so, in that sense, time is an illusion. But there is such a thing as rhythm patterns, cycles. 
that beautiful flower that came into being in the spring will eventually die and its cycle will end, but another will begin. And you can see that happening in the microcosm. If we look at our cells, they die about every 30 days or so, but regenerate after that. Same thing if you look at the macrocosm. Stars are born, and stars will die. They go through a cycle, where they start out as a protostar, then a star, and then a supernova when they die. And the same thing will happen with us. We'll go through that cycle of birth, life, and death. It's not necessarily an evil thing, or a negative thing, or even an end. It's simply a completion of a cycle. The end of one cycle, but a beginning of a new one. And this is why Saturn, and or the Greek god of time, Kronos, was seen as a more villain archetype, because he was associated with death. In Greek mythology, Kronos, also known as Father Time, was known to have devoured all of his children because of a prophecy his parents warned him about. You see, Kronos was the son of Uranus and Gaia. And long story short, after he overthrew his own father, he became the king of Titans. He married his sister Rhea and had children together, all of whom he ended up devouring. And he did so because growing up, his parents had warned him that he would be overthrown by his own child. So, in order to prevent the prophecy from coming true, he decided to eat his children. When the last baby was born, Zeus, Rhea hid him and tricked Kronos into swallowing a stone instead. When Zeus grew up, he challenged Kronos, made him disgorge his brothers and sisters, waged war on Kronos, and was victorious. The prophecy came true. Kronos was overthrown by his own child Zeus, and depending on the version of the mythology, Kronos became a prisoner in Tartarus. So that's the mythology behind it, but Saturn is seen as dark, evil, because it's associated with tradition, discipline, structure, authority, time, and death. It has a very serious and heavy energy. That's why when we go through our Saturn's return every 28 years, it's not typically a pleasant time in our lives. It's Father Time reminding us that, hey, another cycle has gone by. What have you done with your life? He's a reminder that we aren't going to be here in this material, physical world forever and to get our ducks in a row. Think about it. Go back and try to remember what was happening when you were 27 all the way to 30 years old. What were major events that were going on in your life at that time? Did you experience stress? Pressure? What was your mindset back then? Or for those of you who are going through it right now, who are between the ages of 27 to 30 or 57 to 60, there's a sense of reflection that happens. 
that makes us think, what have you done with your time here? Have you accomplished everything that you've wanted to? Because time is running out. So if you see Saturn, Father Time, Kronos, as evil, then know it's a necessary evil, because all things must come to a completion. But it's not necessarily an end, but rather the ending of a cycle, in order for a new one to begin. Father Time, like Santa Muerte, eventually comes for us all. And many cultures understand this, and they embrace the idea of death, not because they worship death on its own, but because they know that without death, there is no life. And so, speaking of cycles coming to an end, we have one more episode for the Mysteries Beyond with Laura Lavender podcast season two to come to a completion. But do not worry, there's still a lot more that we need to talk about, and I will be back for season three. I'm just going to be taking a very brief hiatus, but I will be back in January. I am looking forward to spending time with my family, because I haven't seen them in a while. But in the meantime, I will still be available, so if you have any questions, or if there's any feedback, or if there's simply anything that you just feel like sharing, uh, you can still email me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com. You can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb and or on TikTok, same handle, lauralavender.mb, and reach out to me through there. So I will still be available for you guys. And if you get a chance, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. And don't be shy, you're welcome to leave me a message on SpeakPipe on the website. It's on the homepage, all you have to do is scroll down all the way to the bottom and you'll see it. You really can't miss it, it's bright orange. But you're welcome to leave a message, share your thoughts about the show, and then I will post them on a future episode for all of us to hear. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.